Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the Story Screen Presents podcast, where we watch a new movie and then we come right to the microphone to talk to you, the listener, about our thoughts. I'm Jack Kolodzewski, and I'm joined today by two lovely young gentlemen who are who are rearing to go to talk about this one, folks. We've been waiting on this one for a minute. Robert Anderson, how you doing? Hey, what's up? I'm good. How are you, Jack? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm excited. It's been a it's been a minute. I feel like I've been a little out of the game and ready to talk about some new movies. Yeah, this is a, been, this is a jack as fuck movie to get you on. It's too. a jack movie for yeah. sure. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to talk about it. How are you doing, Mike Burge? Oh, I'm doing very good. Or shall I say, very mood. Okay. Get ready. You're gonna have a lot of those today. Sure. Yeah. Okay. That one had yeah, some sweat I guess, on it too. I, oh, I guess yeah. I probably. <laughs> All of my jokes are super sweaty as fuck today. Mm-hmm. I can see the bead running down the, your forehead there. Um, yeah. I, sh- I, I guess I should be prepared for more of those. Uh, we are here to talk about a new A24 movie. You know, if the three of us are on a podcast, it's it's uh, highly likely the subject matter is going to be A24. We are here to talk about First Cow. The new Kelly Reichert movie. Moo. 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 Yeah, A24 is my favorite director. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Adam24. Story Screen's favorite director, usually. Is, uh, the, yes. Yeah. The, usually around end of the year time. It's it's heavily, heavily represented. I, but, forget, uh, I forget Mandy's not an A24 movie. Inter- all the time interesting side note uh first cow was the we were booked to that was the first a24 movie that we were going to be able to book to screen as part of the limited release at the theater like usually we have to wait an extra week or two to be able to get it uh, first cow was the one like it came out on the sixth and we were going to get it right then and there the next week and everything got canceled down as things started getting pulled and then a couple of days later we shut down um because uh you know, you know, you know. Just you felt like it. <laughs> yeah, because we felt um, like it. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, this movie was supposed to come out, what was it, March or April? Yeah, it, it, that early? it came wow. out uh, very, very limited, small LA, New York only, end of April. It stretched on March 6th, and then the following week... It was gonna get it was gonna get its three week rollout where it's like a, a couple hundred, a couple hundred, and then eventually, you know, then eventually it was gonna be your typical hereditary thing where it was gonna go wide to like everything, right? You know, because right. it's it's a it's an absolute darling of a movie, but without talking it about sure it too is. much. But uh, yeah, a twenty four has been you know really weird about this one. They pretty much you know a little behind the scenes they have this movie and they have Saint Maud and they essentially had to let go of one of them. They were like. We need to make a little bit of money off of the rental services that we can get. Yeah. Do we release St. Maud or do we release First Cow? And their idea was just get First Cow out there. It already played in a couple places and then they'll hold on to St. Maud towards the end of the summer. They have Green Knight coming too, right? Green Knight is on motherfucking hold. Yeah. Yeah. Like they want, well, want to make as much money off it as possible. Exactly. St. Yeah. Maud and First Cow were coming <clears throat> out in March when it got shut down. So yeah. they're like... We have we have those ready to go. So now it's kind of like, well, now what are we gonna do? Right. Green Knight is probably gonna get pushed more to like a, you know, twenty twenty one situation. I'd imagine Saint Maud will probably release sometime in September October. That sounds like a good fall movie. That's yeah. I think it also would perform well in VOD if you position it as like a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Because I think, you know, I, we don't know what the numbers are in, like, movies like Invisible... We're getting away from the point. This is my fault. Um, but we haven't seen what the numbers and stuff are in, like, Invisible Man. But I think it performed pretty well, given it's, like, Oh, yeah. No, Invisible Man... vod I, I, yeah. I've seen the numbers from Universal on that. Invisible Man, uh, theater-wise and VOD-wise, it both of them did great. But it's not an yeah. algorithm to base anything off of outside sure. of the pandemic, because people were stuck at home for that first right. month and a yeah. half. Now people aren't doing that, and people are always going to be doing that, and that's you heard the thing where AMC and Universal struck the deal where that fucking things yeah. the movies will only play for seventeen days before going on VOD. That is just like an absolute bug nuts, greedy bullshit Scrooge McDuck fucking thing, and it's yeah. not going to work outside of this template. So there's no reason to implement it. And but what do you mean movies are going to be back in September? Right, Tenet's going to be out in September. Yeah, Tenet's coming, baby. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, you gotta fly. Everything's gotta, gonna be fine. By you gotta then. fly to fucking Europe to go see it. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> they won't let you in. But uh, yeah. it's premiering in New Zealand. Maybe Every, you can watch it, it on the plane. Yeah, everybody's gonna learn how to uh, how to fucking pirate movies. <laughs> like it's, if you don't know, you're about to find out. Was it uh, the Scott from Birth? Scott, I think Wampler for Birth Movies Death. He's just like. So, Tenet's coming out September 3rd, and September 4th, we're going to hear about a really bad pirating problem of movies. Yep. It's like, mm-hmm. word. Can't wa- wait to watch Tenet the way it's meant to be seen, on a dirty cam rip. Yeah. I mean, Into that's it. all they're fucking doing. Put it in drive-ins. There's not enough drive-ins? Who fucking cares? Well, we certainly don't. Make more. Hey, man. You know, uh, we can we can get onto our little moo-moo movie after this, but... uh. You know, not a lot of movie theaters that weren't drive-ins before the pandemic were able to kind of pull some shit together and get a drive-in together to be able to keep showing movies and having fun. I'm not trying to say anything, but it's a pretty fucking big deal. Uh, Maybe we deserve Tenet. If there's there's two things that Story Screen is and always has been, Mike, to your credit, it is tenacious and scrappy. Yeah. You figured it out. That's kind of how how this whole thing got started is you fucking dragging a screen around and getting getting movies shown. Mm-hmm. So movies. So yeah, let's get back to the subject matter at hand. You got to excuse us. We haven't haven't really talked gotten a chance to talk about movies or the state of movies. Yeah, anymore. no, yeah, we're so we're, we're, we're to, really we to catch up. milking this tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck uh, yeah. So Fuck yeah. yeah. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Good. Yes. Uh so First Cow. First Cow is a movie, uh, as I mentioned, by director Kelly Reichert, um, that is about, well, it's maybe less about the cow, more about more about uh, the friends we made along the way, I'd say. Expected more cow, but it's okay. Yeah. So it takes place, um, I don't know, did they say, they, they never really say the, like, the year, the time um, frame. It's, it's during the gold rush. Sure. Um, and they're, they're out in Oregon, presumably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when the gold rush was, but I know that it's that era. I think it's that time frame to make uh, mentions to that. 1820s? Is that what it, yeah. Okay. Let's say, let's say the pioneer yeah. era. Um, and it's about two men who, who meet up, uh, just trying to make their way and they kind of devise a scheme to just be successful in America. And I'd say that's, that's kind of the, the like core little, little, uh, uh, theme plot of this movie um so what did what did you guys think of first cow what was your what's your hot take on it uh i i really enjoyed it um i think that it's simple and Mm -hmm. i think that's why 
Um, it gets to have a lot of fun in in this era that you live in. It's almost God damn it, Mike. <laughs> um, Mike made himself a cow on Zoom. Uh, Is that what that was? You just he put, like he just put the cow. Yeah, well, he wasn't. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I think the movie. I think the movie is like very. It's very simple plot wise and easy to follow. But that's part of like its its charm, which it's like overwhelmingly there. It's it's a it's very a very charming, charming movie. movie. Yeah. It's very sweet. It's a very like you know uh, not to use too many like buzz adjectives, but it's very tender. It's very sweet. It's it took a minute for the film to click with me, but then once it did, I was like very much on board like it almost seems meandering at times but i think mm-hmm. if i were to rewatch it i would actually really like being in that meandering moments but uh yeah i i was surprised by how much i liked it uh by the end of it because it really does it, and, it, and it's and you know it does period piece kind of like better than other movies and i'm not quite sure why maybe we'll get into it as we talk about it more but like and and not so ironically so i kept thinking like i really wish i got to see this in the theater that, I that really, was my number I one really take as well wish i got to see it on a big screen to really because especially like i i find that like really quiet movies like that really quiet slow burn movies like that or you know i don't even say this is a slow burn it's kind of just you're here you're in this place you get to live mm-hmm. through it and um when you're seeing it on a big screen the the immersion is, is so much more palpable and i really wish i got Got that from the get-go. But despite that, on my little medium-sized 55-inch TV, I had a really good time. Really liked it. Uh, so, yeah, that's my hot take. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of my biggest takeaways as well. Is I I think movies that are that are more quiet like this one, that are more deliberate and slow-burning, um, they are better served in a place where you are less prone to distractions. Uh, I think immersion is probably the right word uh to assign to that because it it, for something like this it can be when you're just at home and you're not sitting in a dark room and you're not don't have the kind of like it's easy to like get distracted by something else going on in your apartment or look at your phone it serves that better but yeah mike what did you think uh two milking thumbs way up all right uh all right and that's those are hot takes thank you very much everyone you guys are completely right this is one of those situations where this is such a beautiful movie that it's um it feels really kind of disingenuous to talk about how great it is in every little aspect kind of the same way robbie was kind of just talking about just like it's sweet it's tender it's charming like yes these are all these are all things that are unifying like compliments to the movie but also each are so very important to what makes the movie work. I So beyond just like uh, it's shot really well, the aspect ratio and graininess of it uh, really applies to it much in the same way the Nightingale utilized pretty much the same filters and framing for completely different um, points of view um, or rather results. Uh, yes. I think that the, the coolest thing about this movie is, um, and it's something that I think about a lot when I watch period pieces where period pieces usually are very good at romanticizing the time period that they're in and making you live in it and making you kind of, you know, uh, maybe, maybe not want to live there, but also kind of just kind of fall in love with the otherworldly escape because you're just removed by 200 years. Um, but I really like that this movie does something that I always consider, which is that these movies look very dirty. It looks very unclean and it looks very hard back then. And this movie mm, yes. really does kind of rely on 
the idea that like just eating some dinner or just getting from one place to another was so hard and had so many different aspects and just starting a fire is kind of this arduous process. And I think by taking those elements of the time period and how you make movies like that and inserting these two characters that are kind of maybe not as masculine as you would expect them to be in this kind of frontiers world, uh, definitely not as masculine or as, um, and all the different physical and mental attributes you would get with masculinity, be it like the big like frontiersmen that are like getting skins and stuff or like the snobby rich people and war fighting generals or the like the hoity-toity like want to start a fight dude bros of the town like these are two mm-hmm. individuals who are maybe just a little bit more fragile um and they're soft boys they're soft boys uh mm-hmm. and i think that it's taking those two aspects the realistic nature of the time period these two very individualistic characters that are kind of stick out like a sore thumb with all these people and then also the the movie's strongest suit to me which is baking and cooking and the love Mm -hmm. of being able to take things that are nothing and turn them into something that can inspire such happiness and joy and um you know and the flip side of that of people becoming jealous of that or people wanting to uh take advantage of it uh, I think are just all these things, all these very little tiny things in a movie that just make a really good movie. And luckily, Kelly Reichardt is such an amazing director and writer that it also happens to be a well-made movie. So you got a good story, right. good points, good themes, and then an extremely talented person uh, directing a bunch of talented people. That's how you mm-hmm. get a great movie. Like that's those are that's the baking recipe. That's the milk and the the sugar and the flour and the baking soda. Like that's how you make a damn good movie. Yeah, yeah. And this movie, uh, I think you mentioned it, Robbie. It's it is fairly simple, but all yeah. those ingredients are just really high quality ingredients that all come together that that make something really nice. And I think a point that you made, Mike, that I I, I like is that it does a good job showing how how hard that time was and how arduous that time was but it also i think in the way that it's paced and the deliberateness of it and the the texture of the movie like this is a movie for me that like the sound was was a big part of of how much i liked it because it really really embellishes a lot of those just kind of natural sounds from the cooking from just walking around in the woods from the crackling of a fire yeah um and all those things, I think, um, add a lot to the 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 kind of tone of this movie. That even though it's hard, there's a serenity to it, mm-hmm. and there's a peacefulness to it. Yeah. Um, and that kind of peacefulness, especially as you're watching these two, uh, our two leads, kind of interact and just there there are there are shots that are just kind of long shots of them, kind of just walking through the woods or just cohabitating in their their small space or or working on on cooking or stuff like that. And those like moments just feel there's like a coziness to it, even though there's like the, the, the harshness of that frontier, there is like a kind of just like a stop and smell the roses sort of uh, peacefulness to it that I think is, is really um, adds to just what makes this movie feel like really nice and kind of tender and cozy. Yeah. I I like that the movie doesn't feel like it's trying to juxtapose the arduousness of the times back then against 
the easiness or difference of times now. It just feels like it's like this is the way that it is and this is the way that people live and we're not necessarily yeah. trying to make – like I, there's commentary to be made as we decipher it, but I don't think the movie is like – necessarily putting it at its forefront thematically which i think is very like very interesting because that allows you to really get lost in the time period and that's like the effectiveness i think that's another reason why nightingale is so effective because you know you're seeing these horrendous events but you the the trapping is in its in its uh it's it's like how like it's past and the way that they handle certain things culturally culturally back then is part of its like trapping and trapping you right. in there in that world, and it's very effective as a period piece. Um, and yeah, I mean, this movie kind of reminds me like I got Nightingale vibes when I watched it, but I also got Lighthouse vibes because of the aspect okay. ratio and because of like sure. the dual character nature of it. Mm-hmm. Not quite as much, obviously, but uh, very different movies. Yeah, I like how the aspect ratio and the grain element, which are uh, you know in incorporated into all three movies nightingale lighthouse and first cow and in lighthouse mm. it's claustrophobic and dirty mm-hmm. in nightingale it is also the grain is just dirty uh and yeah. in nightingale uh, it's also boxed in and um more imprisoned than um claustrophobic more you can't get out and you are you are forced to kind of um bear witness to things that are very real and things that were much worse hundreds of years ago that still exist today. And the graininess allows for that to supersede the film medium as well. And in First Cow, it's much more, um, it's much more delicate. It's, uh, mm. it's much more like this is old. This is how pictures looked in olden times uh, with just the square. And it wasn't this widescreen or scope flat aspect ratio. So it kind of gives you an old timey kind of vibe to it kind of like that you know that video of uh of the cowboy just like you know aiming down and shooting and it's just a very kind of old boxy shape and on the thing jack that you were talking about uh with the sound this movie does one of my favorite editing tricks which is called front loading uh so they will have an extremely loud moment before an extremely quiet moment to make you pay attention to the very small sounds that are happening in the quiet moment. Uh, the perfect example is it opens with a huge front load where the, uh, and I, I, the boat, the boat, the boat pretty much rises from zero to like 25 decibels and it gets louder and louder and louder as you're just sitting on it. And it, it just keeps getting louder. This is one of the reasons why I don't like changing the volume on a movie when you're sitting at home, because that it, you could just lower it. And you're going to completely miss the point that they did on this entire mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Because it gets so loud that it like starts blowing your speakers out or sounding like it is. And then it gets lower and lower. And then you get the dog going through the grass and sniffing and scratching and doing all of these things. You have this very quiet, not no words spoken kind of moment uh, with Arya with Shawkat of all people. From, uh, yeah. Yeah, may, oh, maybe Shawkat. from yeah. uh, Arrested Development. Just kind of like. I was like, oh, she's here. Yeah. Okay. She's just she's just one of those actresses that just seems down most of the time. Like, hey, this is a cool project, and you're you seem like a good person. Yeah, I'll, I've got like a couple of days. I'll just come. She's been in the industry you, you know? forever, so she probably like gets marry the, me. Yeah, yeah marry <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah. I still want to. I, I was. I she probably out. just gets any line or any like side role that's available. She's like, I'll fucking do it. Yeah, whatever. I, w- I want to check out um, uh, that search party show that she's on. Did you guys see the movie Duck Butter from a couple years ago that she's in? No, I heard of it, but I did not it's watch it. It's really, really fucking good. Her and um, 
uh, Leia Costa are so fucking good in it. It's like the movie. The movie itself is cool. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's fine. But their performances in it are just um, phenomenal. Yeah, uh, that's what I'll have to go go back to. But uh, uh, going back to like the themes and stuff, the things about the movie that make it a little bit more special outside of the technique and everything, like you know, movies about friendship, pretty good thing mm-hmm. to have a story about. Uh, especially just two men in a loving, supportive friendship that is not painted with any um, odd colors that it shouldn't have. These are just two guys who are very comfortable with one another, um, have a connection almost right away and a connection that they will uh, be following forever, uh, whether they want to or not, because that is kind of the destiny of the opening prologue of this movie. We see that coming the whole time. Well, let's not get too course, far into course, spoilers yeah. yet. We're not in spoilers. But around, uh, so. the, um, the, uh, the, the, the William Blake quote at the beginning is like one of the most famous quotes on friendship. and Like the, uh, the bird to a nest, spider to a web, man, friendship. These are the things that we build to live in. These are the things that we use to be able to live. You know, it's, it, it's, a, very, it's a very fun way of communicating how a friendship is built where it comes from, what it does, uh, the negatives and the positives of it. Uh, and again, like these themes just wrapped in like a really well-made movie is just like magnifique. Yeah. It's just sweet. It's a sweet movie. Much like cows can be. Cows are sweet animals. Or and biscuits. This is a sweet, and this is a sweet, yeah, or uh, or oily cakes. Oily cake. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I guess yeah. that's just kind of fried dough, huh? I do like that this movie proves that there there's always been a place for the beta male. You know, I think we all can appreciate that here. <laughs> Throughout history, we've always had a home. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. I thought that they did white cake, uh, or rather milk cake, in this uh, in this movie because I I could have sworn that I saw milk cake in the trailer, and it's possible that that was one of the things they made and they just deleted it because the other ones look. A little bit more. Well, are you thinking rugged? of the the blueberry thing that they made later? The I forget the name of it. Uh, no, no. There's like the milk cake is more of just kind of like an angel food cake, and I I made oh, I made okay. mil- I become more of a baker in like the quarantine time. I always like baking like muffins and stuff like that, or like rolls. But I never really I like I've baked like full on. I've perfected my pizza dough recipe. I've been baking some some white uh, some uh, milk cake and some. Um, dinner rolls and some garlic knots i'm going crazy i'm loving it. that delicious. is what they say is that the quarantine makes bakers of us all yes so yes i made some i made some milk cake like uh a couple months ago and it was fucking delicious and i love it but i made it because i was like i saw milk cake in the first cow trailer and that made I, me want to do it and then i rewatched the trailer and it's not in there so i don't know where the hell i think this that's came it's from. it's it's one of those things where it's like kind of like the Marvel movies where they shoot like different stuff yeah. for the trailer to just get the fan speculation going like, oh, is that a milk cake? Is that what they're uh, making? No, they're just doing oily cakes. Is that what the cow, where the cow comes in? Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure, we don't want to yeah. spoil the pastries that are made during this movie. It's, yeah, like, they the, actually it's like the three, infinity stones of it. They like. had three scripts that they give the actors just to keep you know leaks <laughs> from happening. So, All right, shall we uh, Shall we go to Spoiler Zone and uh, and talk some more about the specifics of talk uh, about that cow. The recipes and the, the the cow, yeah, uh, how the cow dies, that kind of stuff. <laughs> boo, I mean, moo. Good. Great, great. More cow jokes after this break. We'll be right back. 
So, Mike, you alluded to it before the break, but I think a good place to jump in is kind of how this movie starts and then how it kind of circles back to that at the end. And I think how it that I think is just like the sweetness moment that just kind of like is a little bit tragic, but also sweet that kind of just like brings this thing all back together. So like you were talking about, it opens with Aaliyah Sh- Shawkat uh, just kind of walking along this river bank and discovering human remains that are two two human skeletons just kind of laying together and then it immediately goes into you know into the past um and that's that's where we first meet cookie um and then the rest of the movie happens and it circles back to kind of where uh cookie and and king lou wind up at the end so i i found that to be i went back because i didn't even like make that connection at first but to see them where they end up at the at the end of the movie, and we can maybe get to that as we talk about more specifics going along. But uh, I thought it yeah, was going to be misdirection for a moment. Okay, yeah, until until like you know you you really they they start kind of signaling that like no this is where they're going to end up. But uh, I I because it was in my head the entire time, and it helped kind of it it makes the whole film bittersweet. Yeah, which I think is like another element of of like taste you know that mm-hmm. the film has. I think that's really cool. Um, but I did, I did have a, a moment of being like, oh, maybe like these two, two of the people chasing them get their heads knocked together or something and die out there. <laughs> but no, it is our, it is our good boys. Who meet well, because the, the the ending is a little bit not abrupt, but when it ends, like without thinking about, you know, or like I, for a moment, like when it ended, I was just like, oh, okay, and then then remembered that, oh, this opened with the two skeletons like lying next to each right. other. So, great movie. Uh, it's really fun. Great movie. Uh, Good and, movie. Uh, the acting is absolutely great. I love these guys. Apparently, um, the main dude is in the cookie. He's in Umbrella. John Magara. He's in Umbrella Academy, uh, which is a show that apparently slaps. Uh, I haven't watched it, but every single person I've talked to that actually has watched it has been like, it's really fucking good. I got halfway through that first season. Oh, here we and go. Turned it off. Never mind. Change that. So. I thought it was. I thought it had. It was interesting and it had potential, but I don't think it was all there. Mm-hmm. Kind of just felt like a rehash of other like family superhero movie sort of things. I felt like or shows that kind of did that stuff better. But sure, hey, that's just amen. Me. Can't you can't you can't? Uh... I've actually heard the second season's better, so I don't know. Typical I trailer for it. It looked cool. I haven't watched it at all because I it. Uh, it just hadn't appealed to me, but I might I might give it a shot. Yeah, it's okay. It's not terrible. It just didn't do it for me. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, I think going back to like our kind of discussion on sound and like the the pacing of this movie, like going directly from that opening to Cookie just spending time walking through the forest and kind of foraging mushrooms and there's that little moment where there's like a salamander on the ground and he flips and him over up. and like <laughs> it looks like a dead salamander i was like oh man and then he just like just very gently like flips it over and then it slowly starts walking away. i was like oh now i feel yeah. that way about this movie in, in general like i just want to like like wrap this whole movie up in a little blanket and give it a hug swaddle it a little bit mm. yeah yeah I, I think i really like the music in this movie it's so like gentle and like comes in very like softly and it, it almost like seems diegetic at times like it, you could like 
you could see like someone painting the camera over and there's just someone on like a little guitar on a log just mm-hmm. like playing the music well there is some like diegetic mu- music going on too like there's like that guy with the like boing 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 yeah there's boing, that there's boing. that guy that is true <laughs> yeah I like that thing you know the, 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 <laughs> no, the, right. the old fashioned boing 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 yeah thing. the boing the boing man the, yeah, no 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 right 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 yeah you guys ever tried playing one of those boing 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 things I haven't I want one now it's harder than it looks so annoying yeah that's what i want that's robbie's new thing in 2021 he's getting into the boing boing boing. getting the boings i'm bringing it back yeah that's a that's an instrument that's maybe a little too burge for even me i don't know (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't know if i could pull that off i think you burge you would have to like be playing that in another instrument simultaneously because you can't just do you can't just do the one you know no you'll have like the drum kit on you you'd be bashing cymbals you with your foot you're hitting the drum and then you got the boing in your mouth no man, when when man uh, the vaccines when the vaccines out in 2022. What's what's that, Jack? Twins, what? Jack? When the, what? When the vaccines out? No, not by, not from me. Oh, okay. uh, when there's a vaccine, uh, you, we're all going to be back in Quinns, and Mike's going to be up on stage with his boing boing boing, and we're going to be showing like uh, this movie. I'm not going <laughs> to Spider Man <laughs> Spider Man Two in black and white on the screen, and Mike's just going to stand there for two hours and and play the boing boing boing, and that's. Looking forward the to that. Second, the second that they lifestyle. open up the possibility to fly to other countries, I'm fucking out of here. I don't... Fair enough. I don't, I, I, fool me fool me many times, shame on me. Fool me for 32 no, years, shame on like, me. Uh, they, they locked our country down. The second they open it back up, I'm taking that opportunity. I'm getting the fuck out of here. That is you. not a bad idea. Fuck no. I'll come back later, maybe. But I'm, I'm getting out of here. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see you can still go to together. the UK. Yeah. You have to quarantine. I'm going to go watch uh, Tenet. For two weeks. But yeah, you can go watch Tenet in the UK. I just love Christopher Nolan movies. I just really need to see Mulan. Fuck. I'm willing to oh, die. Oh yeah, that movie does exist. Yeah. I forgot that some movies didn't get like sucked into the black hole I'm actually of time. more just like, like, I really, really, not to like <laughs> virtue signal or anything, uh, I really am excited about Wonder Woman and Black Widow. I want to fucking see what those movies are. Like, I want to see Black like, Widow real bad. Tenet? Tenet? Yeah, it's probably going to be fucking great. Can't wait to watch it and experience it. You know, Mulan? It's another live action. Looks pretty interesting. I like the score. Wonder Woman and Black Widow. I'm like, what are these movies? Like, I'm excited about them. I think that they'll be good. But I'm like, what? But they could not be, and that's exciting. What like, Black Widow could suck is. ass, and that's, like, super interesting. Yes. I don't think it will. No. But, no. But it could. You I, know, could. I My hot, hot take is I think Black Widow is probably going to be pretty mediocre. Wonder Woman 2 will probably be pretty cool. Hopefully. Burp. That's that's that's. They both my, have good, my, they both my have good trailers. You, so. Yeah. Um, it's actually... I, don't, I was just going to say, I feel like it's kind of nice... To not be berated by a Marvel movie every four to five months, like to have like a little break here, has kind of been nice. Yeah, I agree, Especially but I think post- now I'm like I'm getting ready though. I, like I'm ready to get back game. in the saddle. I don't know. I I, I feel like I needed a, a, some time away from Marvel. Post- I mean, that's you're, like, you're getting more. It's like uh, the other <laughs> Spider Man was like, no, 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 you can stop. I finished. No, no, no. Okay, all right, fine. All right, keep yeah, going. they fucked that. All right. Like that's the following Endgame up with Spider Man. I know that they had to do it. They had to do it. They couldn't be. But it's just like, you just like did this whole big culmination end thing. And now you're going to fucking talk about how like fake news exists and it affects you. Like, it's a cool idea, but like, you want to. What happened to Peter's high school friends? You want to give me a second here? And they're just like, no, we have to release it in July. 
I can't. I, I kind of like it. No, I like that. Movie I like that movie a lot too. You cannot argue. You, you cannot. It is fundamentally. Right. Well, then I, I will not. It is fundamentally. <laughs> you better not argue. Incorrect. That's what he's trying to say. It is incorrect to say that that movie being released the first week of July after Endgame being released just two months like before April. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is not like a lateral move. Like is not a lateral move. Like it's. I, I relieve my time. There's all of that. There's all of that buildup. <laughs> Suck my dick, fuck you. I really push my time. I relieve my time. It's it's one of the craziest things, and that's like that's why a lot of people didn't like even show up to Far From Home, and not as many as they expected. Like with your normal stuff, they were like, "It's too, it's too soon." They didn't have anything in November. Just fucking fuck. Well, because it's also like a summer movie. It's like That's it's about like summer vacation too. Yeah, and uh, Sony's like you have to release it in July. You yeah. have to. That make movie the also movie performed. That movie's performed super well. Of it course, broke, like, yeah. It broke a bill. Yeah, it broke a billion. I'm so. saying it's just more kind of and now the big picture of that, it you do not vibe with, which is yeah fair. And it's it it only existed last year. It, you yeah. will never have like oh now it's time to just go to the next one. It's like because you're not forced to go see it. In that kind of, you know, avoid spoilers, you have to go see it kind of way. Do we think the cow, yes. the first cow, has an Affinity Stone? In- <laughs> uh, so only, post, I only know things the through the context of Marvel movies. So who's the Spider-Man of this movie? Hmm. Otherwise, I cannot fucking pay attention if you don't tell me. I liked how the movie I mean, touched on the that themes kid, of yeah. uh, trying to survive in America and having to kind of... You know, especially as someone who is an immigrant or someone who is, uh, you know, has has a trade sort of skill. You gotta you gotta scrape by. And you gotta do what you can just to uh, just to make it. Yeah, know? I like that their like relationship. I like that the movie like toyed with the idea that their relationship could like it could be almost uh, too advantageous for uh, King Lou, but. Um, but then I like yeah. that they kind of they kind of go back to being like, oh no, but they do have this. No, like, but it nice, really was genuine. Yeah, it really it was. was yeah, exactly. Nice. And like you know, you have moments where you think it could not be, and that's you know how you build effective tension. And it's good that they very subtly put things in there to to make the audience maybe question it. But I really like that. Right, because there's the moment at the end where like you think that they could get split up or he could just leave with the money, but he yeah. waits around and like he's so relieved to see Cookie again, and then they they kind of escape together. Yeah. So what do you guys think happened? You think so they show that little that kid who was like so disappointed. Oh, he, to not he get fucking his shot, oily he cake. shot them definitely. Yeah. 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 Without a doubt in my mind, that, that little well, kid who didn't get the cake murdered those two. I kinda read it like Cookie maybe just didn't make it. Like Cookie fell asleep and didn't wake up again because he seemed to be concussed. wildly, wildly concussed. Yeah. Uh but maybe King Lou just got shot in his sleep. I don't know. Yeah, or he slept I, there for another 60 years. I <laughs> I think the implication is that, yeah, Cookie died in his sleep uh, or even, uh, you know, was just like kind of on the verge of passing right there and Lou laid down and that when uh, the kid showed up and shot Lou, um, you know, it's all like kind of just like where things are. They They come from one direction and lay down where if if the kid that's tracking them was following them, he would be coming from that direction as too, where Lou would be the first one there. If Cookie is already dead, when he shoots Lou, Cookie will not wake up. And so right. then he can also shoot Cookie in the head too with these old-timey guns that need to be reloaded. 
So I think it's a way of being able to answer how would they, with only one person following them, how would they both be killed at the same time without one waking up and leaving? And I think that's kind that's of... Fair. It's, it's a little bit more... Uh, specific, then I think the movie invites you to kind of consider it. I don't it. think the movie yeah, yeah. really but I think that is that's, that concerned That's about. kind of, uh, yeah. you know, the quick thought that goes through your head, kind of broken down, is like, oh, that's probably how it would have happened, but, you know, it's also possible, we do not see the death for, you know, um, we don't see it for uh, the movie's sake, and our own sake, uh, and it's also possible right. that Lou wakes up, and that, you know, Cookie is dead, and that the boy does not follow them, and does not kill them. Um, because it is, it is shown that he has seen them taking the milk every night or was aware of it beforehand because he has the window right there where he can see out to everything. And he was already watching when they ran out before, before everybody else caught them. Um, so it's possible he let them go and that Lou just saw the cookie was dead and laid back down and maybe died of a broken Exactly. Heart. Yeah. Like there's, there's these very fragile moments that are kind of like hinted at where it's like, which do you want to believe? Either is correct. Uh, yeah. Much unlike the the spacing release between Endgame and <laughs> Far From Home, right. which, which is a, which is a I think we, uh, I, no think I, I already covered that earlier, you know, so listen up. Yeah, no, we, we, we acknowledge uh-huh. what you said. Um, yeah, I don't think the movie is like super concerned with it. It's you know what it immediately reminded me of. Um, there's a there's a Cormac McCarthy book called uh, I think it's Child of God, mm-hmm. and the way that book ends and the book takes place like kind of in like a similar time period to this movie. It's like Frontier's time or, or Pioneer, you know, whatever. And you follow this character who's kind of like a deranged piece of shit who like maybe is on the verge of becoming a better person, but then like doesn't, he gets like fucking murdered at the end of the book. But then you fast forward to like modern times and his body has become like, like a, like a something on display in, 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 in modern times, you know, his like skeletons either on display or something like that. in like a science class or some shit like that, you know, which is like a super weird ending, but it, the inverse kind of happens here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's just like, I, I feel like you don't see that a ton. And I think it's super emotionally effective to see like, you know, the, the super future of like a grave site or an, un- an unmarked grave or unknown bodies. And then to just like, you know, put the empathy meat and bones to make that the story. You know, I think that's super interesting and maybe even mm-hmm. like a loose allegory for storytelling. Anyway, it's like, you know, we have these bones of a movie that's about to happen. And then we're, we're giving it, you know, it's the whole body of empathy by the end of the flick, you know. So you really care about this grave. And I, I think that's, like, super interesting, even though, like... And then you have, like, Aaliyah Shawkat's character who who knows nothing. Even by the end of the movie, she, you know, she, right. she doesn't she know anything. We never know. go back yeah. to her. Which is funny, because yeah. in the book, you know, this is a Kelly Ruckard thing, where she's very, mm-hmm. like, uh, her movie Old Joy... Uh, very Robbie movie. I know you two also really like the writer as well. Yeah, um, the writer's great. Did she? Well, she didn't write that though. Chloe's out. No, yeah, that. that's yeah. Oh, that's a Cl- oh, yeah. my bad. Yeah, no, she. I was. Thinking, I think she just did. So a, what am I? They're similar. They're thinking? tender. Thought, they're both thought, tender, sweet movies, though. <laughs> I thought she did the. Okay, but she's Chloe. Chloe Zahn. Chloe Zhao. Chloe Zhao is doing a. She's doing something. Eternals. She's doing Eternals. Back to Mar- back to Marvel. Yeah, That's all roads lead back. Kelly to Kelly Reichart okay. is uh, her biggest claim to fame is Old Joy was one of her first movies. Great fucking movie. And then Wendy and Lucy, the Wachelle Williams is back on the scene kind of thing. 
and then she just did Certain Women um, a couple years ago. All very good movies. Old Joy is probably the best one. Hmm. Um, yeah, I got those two mixed up. I thought I thought that was those two. Yeah. Were the same. And and she's also very good. Okay. Like her kind of go to thing is like she takes short stories and kind of takes stuff out of them that doesn't need to be there. Uh, and usually tries to write with the writer of the short story on crafting the screenplay, much like she did uh, with um, First Cow. Uh, yeah. And like in the book or in the short story, rather uh, called um, the Half Life, uh, the the character of um, Aaliyah Shawkat, like it, it's like a split timeline. You're going back and forth between uh, them word. as like a friendship is blossoming in uh the present day or in the 80s i think it's supposed to be the 80s i haven't read it uh this is just something that i skimmed through in an article that i was reading on first cow many moons ago uh where it's supposed to be going back and forth like that and i didn't know if the movie was going to do that or not and then when it started out with that i was like oh cool it looks like it's doing it and i kept waiting for it to go back and it never did like it never did and i was like oh all right I would have liked that movie as well, but I think this version is far more effective having just the one timeline, right? Just having like the one, like you're, you're with these people. I, but I think it's very, like, I think it's an interesting choice that I'm not like quite sure why it's so effective to like have, having not go back to Aaliyah Shawkat's character. Yeah. It, but it works. It like works. I, I don't have like the vernacular to describe it yet, but like I really, it, it, worked for me for sure i they need to i guarantee that they they had to have right shot a bunch of scenes with Aaliyah shawkat in the why would you hire Aaliyah shawkat for that non-speaking i mean it, i get why you would do it like but well, yeah. i feel like <laughs> it looks like she's been in other kelly record movies so they yes, might already have just like exactly a but i'm kind so. of like i feel like there's got to be something at least one scene afterwards where they return back and they went you know what it's more I, powerful yeah. to not go back I think they definitely yeah. shot like, I bet you they in in the scene in this scene in the scene they shot machine. at the beginning of the movie. There's like a her looking at the horizon or her walking away or her maybe trying to do a phone call. I don't fucking know. Like, there's more to that scene. I bet, mm. but I'm sure you know. I'm not sure if you do test audiences for a movie like this, but you might. And people were just like, oh, but you know. It, we forgot Aaliyah Shawkat was even in this movie by the end of it. Why are we going back to this? Like it would, yeah. feel, it would feel almost like uh, I think reductive, mm-hmm. yes, in a way because the ending's so impactful. It's so powerful. You know? It's to it's not so give you simple. the bones yeah. again, to not give you the skeleton again, is so much more impactful. So you know, yeah, I think this movie is a it's a kind of a do like a less is more kind of thing. You yeah. know, it's a it's a fairly straightforward movie. It like we've said, it, it is pretty deliberate in its pacing, and it and it takes its time, and it just kind of, you know, it doesn't need like the jumping back and forth. It just kind of is what it is, and I think all that like it's it's hard to really describe much more about this movie, um, because it's just a it's just like a sweet, sweet little thing, you know. It's just sweet nice. Like a, it's sweet pleasant. Like a milk cake. Mm. Sweet, sweet like, like a little a, milk a little milk cake. Yeah, uh, a little morsel. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, there, there's certain, there's definitely more themes to be pulled from it, but like, not, not that we need to like deconstruct this entire movie, you know, like the, the idea of like, you know, having, having big dreams or even like dreams that feel pretty attainable to us, you know, I think like if, if one of us wanted to open a hotel, like it'd be a weird thing to do and probably hard to do, but like it's, it's like semi achievable, whereas like back then it's like the loftiest goal you could have. Yeah. 
and they were getting and they're really getting there you know they got a bunch yeah. of string and silver coins like they could definitely open something i bet well it is it is an american dream kind of story for sure you know yeah. okay I, I touched on that a little bit before like mm-hmm. for them who are those two who are kind of starting from a place where they don't really have anything at that point like it yeah. it relies on them uh stealing to get by to like start their venture which is kind of like also how america was founded yes. like no one yep. in america became successful without taking or or just mm-hmm. screwing over somebody yeah, else so. i think it's very it's it's about a startup and yeah. it's kind of a nice tech, tech startup in silicon yeah, valley it's it's mm-hmm. about making, making apps wanting to change your position in life uh, in a world that was completely built on capitalism that just on a bigger scale did the thing that you're trying to do. And they outright say that in the beginning where it's like, you know, if people wanted cow, if God wanted cows in America, he would have put cows in America. They don't belong here. And then they're like, oh, I guess white people in America as yeah, well. Do white yeah. People. yeah, exactly. And they just yeah. say that very quickly. And it's like, yeah, so, you know, America as a startup, removing the terrible things that happened to do that is like it they they had to steal to be able to do it was right. it right no and it's the same thing as for them to be able to do this little startup that they want to do with the hotel they're gonna have to steal is it right no uh is it bad as genocide absolutely not no. uh right. one could argue it's something that you could argue it's something that's ar- unlike unlike exactly you see exactly yeah. what i mean yeah. unlike yeah, unlike I mean. insert joke uh Right, mm-hmm. but that's that's the uh, the main kind of crux of the push of you know you have these great characters, you have this great theme of friendship that they're going to talk about. Okay, so what's actually happening in the movie, and how are we presenting these characters and themes? And that is all around this kind of fight against capitalism and being stuck in your place and wanting to grow outside of it and having absolutely no means whatsoever to do that other than to go outside the law. It's kind of what America is about to hit right now where everybody's going to start robbing banks. We have to. Well, money's not going to mean much, so I don't know. That's true. Did you hear about that guy that decapitated his landlord? Is that real? Sounds like my hero. (laughs) Uh, Sounds great. Also sad. Uh... Human yeah. human life important, but um, also sad that it came to also, that. Sad, but sad also, that it came to that. I get it, but I get why it came to that. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, I like the importance and the weight put behind a uh, craft in this movie, like learning yes. a craft yeah. and being yes. skilled at yeah. a craft. I think that's something that we we lose sight of today because of just the the commodification of all crafts now and kind of like the you know, human assembly line nature, not even just the mechanical mm-hmm. assembly line nature of just like how we learn things, how we do things. Like it, it almost feels like, you know, learning a thing is a means to an end, you know, except for like, there's some like fetishism of, of cooking and things like sure. that we see on like American TV. Yeah. But, but there's something very like the humbleness of like, cause like cookie, like he has these lofty dreams, but in the now, in the moment, he just kind of wants to make the best he's, product, po- the best cake. He's the you know he, product, maybe he's not the even, artist, and Lou is the producer, the 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 kind of backer, yeah. the one the, the businessman, businessman the side yeah. Of it. And it's it's kind of this movie falls into the line of like the same like the thing about Inception and movies that are about making movies where you know they're about yeah. making art. And when you have a director who whose job, whose passion is making movies. When they are making something, when they're creating art, that's what's going to transfuse in there. And so creating art, the baking is just a metaphor for creating something and wanting to be able to make a living off of the thing that you are passionate 
about doing. Yeah. I think it's very important that he learned this trade as an indentured servant, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in Boston. Uh, uh, fun fact, one of the worst places in the world. Um, and that they very... <laughs> ah, that is a yes, fun fact. Very, Thank you for sharing that Very fun, fun fact. fact. Inarguable. Yeah, I, just would, I, would, like, I can't yes, argue with you. Just, just like, like yes, things man, that are inarguable. Mm-hmm, I got it. Uh, yeah, that's like the fun, like the, the capitalist small business startup nature of this from like what's being produced and what that metaphor is and what the metaphor for the entire conflict of the movie is, is really cool. And like the the cow, Moo Moo, is kind of like the muse. It's a nice cow. The, so it's cute. kind of like... It's a cute, it's sweet a cow. cow. It's kind of like the muse that he has to visit every night to be able to get mm-hmm. the things that he needs to be able to create his art, to be able to create the thing that he can sell. And it's the mystery ingredient. It's the thing that nobody else can replicate because nobody Chinese else has it exactly. Yes. So it's yeah. and it, I I have to stress though, for me personally, every time Toby Jones was eating was eating <laughs> the roll, yeah. I was so scared that he's gonna be like, "There's is fucking, this milk fucking milk in this." Like I kept being is like, "No, milk? no, 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 no!" Like it, that's the tension. That's the tension of the movie. It's, it's so great. it's great. Brilliant. It's so great. Also, everyone eats biscuits. Not like how I ever have eaten a biscuit. They like rip it up in their hands because they don't have five more in the fridge. They have to. They have to savor this little tiny thing. It's a good point. It's interesting. Yes, I do. I really love the amount of time that the camera, like while we're talking about the craft part of this, like the amount of time that the camera lingers on them, like even just like putting out like the materials like at the market and like just individually like putting one roll down at a time or like making the cakes right there like in the fryer and then like spending the time to just kind of glaze it with the honey yeah so he has a little honey tin and you know it's it's not all that different like if you go to a farmer's market you'll see shit like that right sure sure sure. like it's cool that like it's still like the spirit of that exists today but the markets yeah yeah, but like you know, it's the, what the a heart grocery of it's a store different. is essentially. Well, yeah, but like the the trading aspect of it, sure. like you know, it's 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 interesting. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool to see uh, the the Toby Jones aspect of it as well. Like where he is just he's the corporate buyout. There's there's the aloofness though too. Like uh, Lou says, like like because that tension is there. Where Cookie's like, we're playing a dangerous game here. He's gonna realize he's gonna figure, there's like, milk it's, in it's there, and there's only happen. one source of milk. And but Lou says to him like he knows nothing like this is happening right under his nose and he has no idea which is true yeah, yeah. because it it seems like it's shock a shock to him when when uh, he comes out and sees them well, because, milking because their that, cow that like higher class that that person who doesn't have to do which is anything what I'm getting for to. themselves yes. I'm sorry if I if I that was the point I was trying to make but go ahead no no go ahead go ahead no it's we're we're synergizing here he's so rich he doesn't do anything for himself so why would he know that there's an what the ingredients are in a thing yeah exactly he's so disconnected from that trade that he just has no clue even though he's got this cow like he's the one with this means of being able to make this thing but he has no connection to that craft and he he can't see what's happening under his there's nose. that great line too where he says uh he's so rich and caught up in his own shit like he wouldn't even think that people would steal from him like it, right. it wouldn't even occur to him that someone would be that crazy to steal from him. and then there's that great moment after they've had that conversation and you're like okay maybe they can get away with this he's kind of an idiot uh he seems nice enough 
They have that yeah. great scene where he's talking to the general and he's like, you know, uh, sometimes if you just like straight up just fucking kill somebody, yeah, you know, then they can't do anything for you. But everybody else learns yes. a really good yeah, lesson. Yeah. And he just says it kind of casually in the middle of the day. Just and you're just like, yeah, oh, yeah. shit, they better not find out about this. Well, because it shows you like what these people are capable of at the same time, even though they put on this air of like, you know, being nice and like doing business with them. They're like human life clearly to them is also not like a precious or important thing that's i mean that's like the the thing that's stressed in in nightingale too where it's like humans a lot of the time are just like a means to an end or a a commodity no different than than certainly for a certain class of people yeah Yeah, but it's it's just a thing i would like to think there's slightly more empathy today for human life that is not true at all are you kidding me well have you hello i said slightly hello I, I didn't. I didn't mean to to say a, a Spider-Man Far From Home is good comment. <laughs> I mean, no, it, it, it's very good. But um, you know, the timing. The of timing is, is inarguably incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> they won't uh, even give you six hundred bucks a no, week. That's, that's too true. Yeah. Sorry, your life is not worth Before, that much. That's a good. That is a good. Before point. I forget. Uh, Shout out to Rene Overjonas. This is his last film role. He plays the old man with the raven on his shoulder. Very much not oh. in this film all that much, but he played Odo on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. That is his big claim to fame. He is an amazing character oh. actor. Uh, and he died like very recently. And when he popped up in oh. this movie, I was like, oh my God, this has to be his last movie. And it literally is like this movie wrapped and was like kind of ready to go. And then he passed away. Suddenly, like two months later, uh, oh, amazing character actor. He's got a great look. Uh, Star Trek: D Space Nine is the best uh, Star Trek series. That's that's an opinion. You're not the first that's person. That's an I've, opinion. I, you're it's not the arguable. First person I've heard to say that. Yeah, D yeah. Space Nine. Not inarguable. Not inarguable. No, no, no. It's it, this gotcha. is one that you can have a conversation about. There is no <laughs> some see. things. Some things are facts, and some things are opinions. Some gotcha. opinions are gotcha. better than others, depending on the information that you have to back them up. But there are f- stone cold facts. Like The Last Jedi is a I very well made movie. That's a fact. Your opinion that on whether you like it's it true. or not, that's interchangeable. Fascinating. Don't you love it? All right. Well, all yeah, right. So uh, you guys keep talking about this stupid cow movie, and I'll see you later. Bye. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Uh, one last thing I wanted to just like throw out there into the void. It doesn't have any connection to each other, but uh, when Ewan Bremner, uh, the, the Scottish guy, yeah. gets in, in this movie, he says, like, Oh, it's the first cow that comes. Like, sorry, that was a terrible Scottish accent, but like, oh, I'm, doing, first I'm doing the fucking Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at my screen. Uh, move <laughs> at that point. So, yeah, it's good stuff. It, when you, it. I it. love it That's... when people say their uh, say the name of the movie in a movie. It's like good. Yep. Uh, yeah. Great name. Just like in the Nightingale, when she's like, "Oh, that's the Nightingale." Mm-hmm. Remember they that do, there, No, there is a scene in the Nightingale where they do kind of. She is referred to or refers to herself. She is as the, the Nightingale. nightingale. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great name for a movie. Uh, I don't like the name for this movie. Uh, first cap. Yeah. You wish it was called Boyfriends instead. Um, I mean, cow. They tested cow heist. The, uh, you know, like um, the co- the cook and the thief, the baker and the beggar. Uh, and I don't want to come up with a better name. I just think first cow is. 
you know, first off, the cow doesn't show up until 50 minutes into the movie. Does that know, does really that does. disqualify the title? Not at all. But I don't think that the themes me, of the movie really revolve around the cow too much. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a catchy name, the... and sure. it, using the cow in their advertising is a way to separate and stuff like that. I just feel like but there's without, a better. But without the cow, there's nothing. You know, True. without sure. the cow is so the cow comes in late, but you know you can't argue that the cow is so important to the plot. Oh, that's great. Movie. Then I won't try. And, okay. and the cow and the cow the cow is like the alchemy like ingredient. Sure. It's the most important yeah. ingredient and in, in item Absolutely. of the film. Yeah. You know? It is a focal yeah. point. I, I yeah. just think I was watching You can't argue. I, oh, I I'm not gonna argue that. That is inarguable. Please. You already said it, so that it's <laughs> uh, uh, but I think that the the title I love something about the title from even before I saw the movie was I was kinda like, it's a weird fucking title. I guess I get why it's called that, but there's not a lot of... Well, you have to also consider that they're setting this up. Like, so the second oh. cow will be out in 2022, yeah, okay. and then... Sure. And that'll be kind of like Infinity the Dark Knight chapter sort yeah, of thing. it's the first... Yeah, yeah exactly. Revenge of the yeah, cow. Yeah, yeah, right, right. A new so, cow. There is another. The cow strikes the back. Cow. There's, you know, the sky's the limit here. Like, this is... I think this proved itself that it's... It's establishing the universe, and we'll, we'll kind of like expand. Sure, and that's a fact. This guy that's was so inarguable. That is a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. I, uh, I, it's going back to like you mentioned, like the first fifty minutes of this movie. I actually looked at the time it's exactly fifty minutes in, and yeah. I was like, "Whoa, we still have not even seen that this fucking cow yet." But at the same time, I was like, "Wow, fifty minutes have already gone by." Which is interesting this movie for a movie went like shockingly this. fast for me. Yeah, and yeah. Like, I'm usually pretty sensitive to like. Longer movie, and this movie two movies. two yeah, hours. Sure. It's not like the longest movie by any means. It's when you get to two hours and forty five minutes, you're just like, "What the fuck are we still doing here?" And but even for a movie that's just takes so much time, like just yeah, it, foraging for mushrooms in the forest, it flew, or it flew by, baking man. like little treats. Like it, yeah, it it does. Even though the pacing is like really gentle and deliberate, it it doesn't it doesn't like it doesn't ever like <clears throat> outstay its welcome. I don't think. I agree. That's all I got. I like First Calf. Uh, I like a good fucking movie. One of my favorites of the year. Fuck it. I think even if you listen to us talk about all this, you could still watch it and enjoy it because it's it's just a good vibe, man. It's just nice. Yep. Well, I guess it's out there. Just, it's on VOD. It's on VOD. I, I, I can't stress that how much I wish I could have seen this movie in a theater, but you know we yeah, live in hell. So what can you too. do? Maybe one day. Oh, maybe so one day. Maybe one day. We just got an announcement for Tenet again, September third. They just pushed it back they again. Pushed, I thought December third was the day. They just like like that uh, in U.S. So they're going to they're uh, going to release some of it in the U.S. Let's go. Damn. No, they're not. They're not. Honestly. I'm sorry, Chris. They're not. They're not. Kill people. You're gonna well, put that's the this new shit thing. in Fortnite, that's, and that's just how it's gonna fucking that's be. That's the new you're thing. Is that it's Fortnite. just gonna have to? You're just gonna <sighs> have to kill people. That's the new American way. Like, hey, you're just gonna yeah. have to kill some people. The American death cult. It's inarguable. I can't, wait. I can't wait for this movie to finally come out and it just be okay. Oh, it'll be just fine. It's fine. fine. I it's think it's fine. gonna be. Is it worth dying over? Yeah. I think it'll be just as good as Inception and have a very similar conversation around it'll it. It'll be. It'll Probably. be just as good as any of the movies Christopher Nolan has released in the past ten years. Uh, just give take away Dunkirk, which is a masterpiece. The you know, thing like is, Dark Knight Rises, the, Interstellar. The thing yeah. is, I can't, I can't watch Tenet uh, as a 15-year-old, so I don't think it's going to hit the same. Not for you. 
But for the 15-year-olds out there... For the 15-year-olds out there, their minds can be fucking blown. I'm sure. Chris Nolan is a master at blowing 15-year-old minds. That's true. He loves time. He's so concerned with time. When the Dark Dark Knight came out and Jeremy saw it in theaters, it shattered his fucking reality. Let me tell you. Yeah, it did something to mine too. That movie. That boy. That that movie changed that boy's life. That was a turning point. There's a lot of there's a lot of turning points in some people's lives where they were just like cinema. (gasps) I accidentally saw cinema. (laughs) The missing scene. What? The three act structure. Love it. Oh, that's a five act movie. Don't you? You love that that scene where the Joker turns around and says to Batman, "Like you want to learn about these three act structures." I'm out of jokes. We got to end this podcast. Well, are you sure? Because that was a really good. You one. sure? Yeah. You don't want to keep milking. <laughs> I mean, we could we could keep milking that one. Yeah. Let's let's write it right, out. Let's do let's it. Like, let's like let's write it out. Sometimes you just gotta treat a joke like a staircase. You got you think that you're at the top, but actually no. You just gotta turn the corner and keep going up and just see exactly. Yep. You know you gotta you gotta you gotta push the boundaries, man. Just keep stomping yeah. on it. Yeah, of course. Thank you very much, listeners, for hanging out with us and listening to us talk about this cow movie. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it, and we hope uh, you also see this movie. And if you did see this movie, let us know. You can find us on Instagram at story underscore screen underscore beacon, and you can find us on Twitter at story underscore screen. Uh, and you can share with us your thoughts on First Cow or any other movie uh, you've seen. And if you would like to debate Mike Burge about objectionable or non-objectionable or objective things, mm. you can do it there. Spoilers, you. you don't. It's not fun. You don't want to do not, it. No, no, uh, yeah, yeah, most, for most sure. people don't, do don't it. like to lose, so why would... Yeah, <laughs> Fair uh, enough. <laughs> it's, it's not worth your time, but you can. No. That option is available to you. Yes. Uh, what else we got to plug here, boys? Uh, you can go to storyscreenbeacon.com and you can find showtimes for... Hey, we got a drive-in. Hey. Got a drive-in. You got a car? If you got a car, we got some movies. Um, so come check that out. We know everybody is missing the theater. We are absolutely missing the theater. But if you would like that experience in sort of a little different, but also uh, family-friendly and summertime-friendly way, you can come do that. Uh, anything else you guys want to plug before we wrap this thing up? Uh, listen to our hot take on Palm Springs. Also, watch Palm Springs because that movie fucking rocks. It's a fun one. It's very fun on Hulu. Anything on your end there, Mike? Uh, watch movies. Just watch them. Just watch the fucking movies, man. Just cut cut it out. Sage Just chill. Just chill the fuck. Not fucking. a lot else to do these days. Don't chill out and stop. watch the movies. Why not? Cool. All right. Thank you all again. Thank you, Robbie and Mike, for joining me. Anytime. And we'll see you on the next one. Peace. Bye.